0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Southern New England's only home for Sporting News Radio. AM 1320, The Drive. WARL, Attleboro, Providence.
1: Sporting News Radio.
0: It's Revolution Recap, a
2: weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue.
3: Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer right here on 1320 The Drive uh, and also over the internet at revolutionrecap.com. And tonight, jo- today, joining me in the studio is Barry Sanders of uh, BigSoccer.com moderator. And last night, 1-1 uh, one, one draw against Kansas City. Um, not bad to get a tie on the road, considering they were down with that early goal and how it came. But the Revs really could have done better with the chances they had. Uh, Clint Dempsey especially had several great chances he should have done better on. At the same time, Kansas City had several great chances they should have done better on. And overall, kind of a sloppy game.
2: Well, uh, you're, you're right. It was a pretty sloppy game on both sides, I think. Uh, and maybe that's because uh, of the heat and... Uh, but uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm running around out there at 100 degrees, so uh, I'm not going to complain too much. They took a point on the road, and uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's glad to have it.
3: And Steve Ralston uh, scored the goal for the Revs in the 95th minute, right at the end of the stoppage time there. Uh, great way to get the, the draw, and I'm sure they'll be happy with the way it happened uh, going into stoppage time, down a goal. But against a team like Kansas City that's lost seven games in a row... Uh, this is a game that the Revs, I think, would expect to win and would hope to get the points out of this game, especially if they have any hopes of catching up to DC United.
2: That that's been a problem for the Revs uh, twice now. Real Salt Lake was another game that you would have thought that they would have taken that. Uh, you know, walking into the stadium, I said to my friend, "Oh, it's going to be a four-to-one game," and it almost was a four-to-one game, only the wrong way. And uh, you know, here we are again, walking into Kansas City. They have they've been winless for for a long time, and. Uh, we would think we'd, we'd pick up the uh, the three points, and instead, you know, the New England Revolution. It's good for what ails you. At the same time, uh, with
3: Steve Rawson, it's great. Uh, this year, he's, he hasn't been racking up the assists like you expect him to see, but uh, he's got his fifth goal now, and he's been a player that has really come through with some key and clutch goals for the Revs. So um, even though he's not necessarily contributing to the setups where it's been more, Dor- Andy Dorman has been doing that, it's great to see that uh, he's still contributing with these. Clutch goals in these games.
2: Yeah, I think Steve Ralston may be uh, maybe finding a, a new way to contribute to the team with uh, with guys like Andy Dorman on the outside. I think we've seen uh, Steve Ralston pulling into the middle more and going at goal more than he has in the past. Um, and uh, you know, I think I think having that diversity in the midfield uh, is something that can be real helpful to the team.
3: And I think part of that is because of the emergence of Andy Dorman on the wing, uh, and that's let then put Steve in um, on the left wing, which obviously isn't his preferred position, but um, he still can do some damage there. We've seen in the past um, with some of his cutbacks and crosses, but he also in the past has had some good crosses with his left foot, but this year it seems like he's almost afraid to take the cross with his left foot and rather cross it back to the right foot, where in the past we've seen him um, maybe he hit it one time with his left foot, and maybe that would be more effective than... Uh, some of the crosses he's had, but at the same time, he's been a great player for the Revs this season, despite really playing out of position.
2: Yeah, and and Steve Ralston he's just you know he's just quality. Uh, I think you could put him just about anywhere on the field, and uh, and and he's going to give the Revolution something that they're not going to have with uh, perhaps some of the younger players. I, I think it, it's just a tribute to his experience that uh, that he's able to to contribute in so many different places.
3: And another player, uh, Stroudy Joseph, that has been so important to this team over the years. Um, I don't think he's having his best season. I think he started off very well, but uh, I think part of that is he's he's on the yellow card watch and he doesn't want to get that suspension. Uh, He's been playing reasonably well, certainly not a player you'd want to take off the field, not anything like that, but I think it might almost be better for him to get that yellow card and take that suspension and not have to feel like he needs to play so tentatively.
2: If that's what's on his mind then then absolutely I think uh, maybe you just have to look at you know what game is coming up next and, and you know maybe when Daniel Hernandez if he if he can get on the field sooner rather than later and you can go a game without him then you know go ahead get the yellow get it over with uh, I I think some of what's going on with Shelby Joseph in my opinion is that uh, you know his role used to be a lot simpler he was a defensive midfielder and he took care of that uh, in the back uh didn't really push up a lot. And now we see him being, you know, he wore the captain's armband yesterday, even though francino was on the field. Um I think he's his role has expanded. I think he sees himself as more of a a creative player. He's pushing up more and when you take on more responsibilities you end up uh you know in different positions on the field and I think that uh maybe he's just trying to do too much.
3: Well the question again comes back to the formation change with uh, the 3-5-2 that worked so well yesterday and um, last year got them up to the to the final and um, obviously disappointed to lose the final and want to take it a step further but certainly this switch to the 3-4-3 three, three formation doesn't seem to have helped them uh, I, I don't think they've worked well in it I think part of it has been um, they have very rarely had Twelman, Noonan, and Dempsey healthy at the same time which is their ideal uh, three-man front line but even when they don't they seem to be Unwilling to go back and change their three-five-two formation, when it would be m- a much better formation, it seems for uh, a guy like Jose Cancelo than to have him playing left forward. Yeah,
2: this clearly is a lot of inconsistency on this team uh, in terms of uh, the, the lineup, uh, the, the people who are uh, the players who are available, uh, the roles everyone has, uh, and I think we're we're definitely seeing some of that. And uh, I think you know last night uh, really was was uh, you know a game where we saw. A lack of precision. And I think some of that is, you know, guys taking on different roles, guys taking on uh, you know, uh, they're in one week, they're out the next week, they're starting, they're not starting, and you get out there and and I think mistakes get made. And we saw some of that last night with you know, uh, Twelman had a nice header in the box, he left for somebody who, who didn't come after it. Um, we saw a couple of other passes that, you know, it looked like you know, gee, I hoped you were going to run onto that, and he didn't. So some of that I think is just not playing the same formation and not playing with the same guys week in and week out. Uh, you know, we've heard about the injuries and we've seen the guys who are not on the field. You know, hopefully this is the stretch run, you know, we're down in the, the, the second half of the season. We're gonna see a little more consistency with some guys coming back and, and, and maybe this is when the revolution peak at the right time. Well it seems
3: like even as they're starting to get the more players back from injury that it's really not getting better as you'd hoped it to be, even with uh, Dempsey back uh, for a while there, it was started to get better with uh, Dempsey playing so well, but at this point, with all these players coming back, with Noonan, guys like Pat Noonan coming back who have been key players of the team, uh, it doesn't really seem to be helping them out as what you'd expect it to be.
2: Yeah, and I, and I hope it's just a matter of you know, being a little patient and waiting for these guys to kind of, you know, that, that magic word, we're waiting for all the gel together, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, Noonan's completely fit, and Franchino's completely fit, and you know, it was nice to see uh, Kano Smith with the uh, subs bib on yesterday and I was hoping we'd see a little bit of him um, you know just because a guy is ready to get on the field doesn't necessarily mean that he's gonna fit right in with everybody else where he left off and my hope is that what we're gonna see is you know over the next uh, three four or five games which I think are all going to be next week um, <laughs> I think that uh, you know they'll they'll start to put those pieces back together again. The machine will be a little more better oiled, and and they'll make their you know they'll make their run at the end like they have in so many other seasons, and uh, really just pull it together when they need to.
3: Now, one of the guys that had to step in last night was Avery John due to. Jay Heath's suspension I thought he was one of the best players on the field For the Revs that day As far as defensively Um, I think I can see why Nickel maybe doesn't play him as much Because some of those plays that he's made um, In his first few games back from the World Cup And even in the World Cup uh, Some of the dangerous moves and fouls he's done That have earned him yellow cards and red cards And that's a hindrance to the team But he's such a great defender As we've seen when he's played for the Revs this year And even in the World Cup uh, It seems like that's something that They would hope he could be worked out and get him on the field more because the defense seems to almost play better when he's out there.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not a big Avery John fan. Uh, I think that uh, I don't agree that last night was a great game for him. I think that uh, what I saw in the first, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, certainly up to uh, Kansas City's first goal, was was uh, Kansas City exploiting the right uh, the right, the left side of the Revolution, the right side of, of their field. Um, you know, Francino playing midfield uh, on the left. I don't think was was a good move. Um, I think he got passed by a lot by the players on his side, and then Avery John on the left really wasn't able to kind of hold his side down terribly well. Um, yeah, I, I think he was uh, expecting a few extra uh, offside calls that he didn't get, which left him out of position. Uh, I don't see that he's all that quick on that side. I just. I'm just not one of his fans. I, I'm sure he's a great guy, but on top of all that, you've got the—you know—he certainly does tend to, to play a hard game, and uh, he does pick up the yellow cards and the red cards, and you know you certainly don't want to have a guy out there, and you don't know if he's going to make it through the whole game—that's
3: for sure. But uh, at least, at least he didn't do some of what we saw in DC United against Real Salt Lake, where John Wilson himself uh, committed two uh, fouls in the box, uh, clear fouls, and lost them the game on penalty kick. To both, John Jeff Cunningham scored two penalty kicks in the <laughs> because of two John Wilson fouls, and that was good news for the Revs because it kept them in striking distance of DC. While maybe not with uh, the twenty with the nineteen point gap, but it didn't expand it any further as it might have happened with the draw the Revs got.
2: Yeah, uh, John Wilson, uh, I'm sure he's going to be in the doghouse for a while with uh, Peter Novak. Uh, maybe uh, the Revolution guys want to send him a nice uh, fruit basket or something and thank him for. Uh, for at least not allowing DC to expand the uh, the gap between the two teams, but uh, I wouldn't want to be him at practice on uh, Monday morning.
3: Well, that brings to another thing with uh, Salt Lake. Uh, the Revs suffered a loss to Salt Lake um, earlier in the season. They had a draw that I think they really Salt Lake really deserved to have won that game with the chances they had. It seems like Salt Lake is a team that uh, with this win against DC. Now it wasn't a game that they were dominated in a right stretch. I thought they were played an even match and. Really deserved even deserved the win. Uh, it it seems like they're a team that really should be doing better than they than they are with some of the performances they have
2: put in. Well, I mean that's uh, you know, that's major league soccer. You know, I wouldn't put a dollar on any game on any given week because you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, there's so much parity. Even you know as we talk about DC United, you know, sort of walking away with the uh, with the supporters shield at this point. You know, the rest of the league is very close, especially in the East. We've got, uh, it's about six points between us and, and last place in our group. So um, I think that's just, that's just how the league goes. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. There isn't a, you know, a real dominant team that's going to walk away with every game. And, uh, and that's just what you get. Well, New York
3: looked out of it uh, even a few weeks ago, but now they're right back in the hunt as well, right in third place now. So uh, the East is certainly division other than first place that anything could happen, and the West as well, um, other than first place, is pretty close. So I- this is a league where, unlike in like the English Premier League or leagues like that, uh, anything could happen, especially with the playoff system. So uh, if the Revs get on form, which we've seen in the past, uh, last year they started off really strong and maybe finished. A little bit worse than they had started off, but in the past we've seen them be a team that, when it comes time for the playoffs, really picks it up, picks up their game, and hopefully that w- will happen again. Yeah,
2: and, and that's been sort of the revolution mo for for years. It's either you know last minute heroics at the end of the game or uh, or heroics at the end of the season and, and pushing into the playoffs. Uh, you know whatever it is about this team that they live on that uh, you know great for them as long as it's successful in the okay. end. Certainly, and with Steve Nichol
3: especially, that seems to be how the team has gone about things with the strong finishes at the end. Uh, But the other thing coming up is the U.S. Open Cup, and that's something that maybe Steve Nichol hasn't taken as seriously as some of us would have hoped, um, playing some of the backups. Uh, But I think this year they might might take it more seriously, at least if you believe what Paul Mariner recently said uh, when I last talked to him.
2: Well, you know, I guess the, the proof is uh, will be seen on the field. Uh, I certainly remember hearing that the uh that the US Open Cup was uh was a was an important tournament and uh, they were of course taking it seriously and they of course put the team on the field that was going to win the game. Um you know, and this year I think we're in even even a worse situation because we've had so many games in such a few uh few weeks that uh, you look at the US Open Cup game coming up and you I'd be very surprised if we see uh, the first string go out there in Rochester and, uh, and, and really try to put this game away. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, reserve players who are going to come on, and you know, we'll all cross our fingers and hope that they're up to the challenge. But you know, I, I think we're going to see at least the same strategy as we saw last year, and, and we'll just have to hope that it's more successful this time.
3: Well, now joining us over the phone, we have Don Cuddy from Soccer365.com, as well as ResNet.com. Don, can you hear me?
0: Yes, John, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks. Uh, Can you hear me all right? I'm driving.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us today.
0: I'm always happy to come on.
3: What was your opinion about the game last night? What are your thoughts?
0: Well, the first thing that struck me was uh, when I uh, saw that it was 98 degrees on the field, you know, I was going to be asking a lot of the players to play at any kind of tempo, uh, actually, I watched the game on uh, the Fox Soccer channel last night, and uh, I thought I was watching the World Cup again. The announcers were terrible. Uh, the guy who was doing the play-by-play kept uh, calling Taylor Twellman and Joey Francino. He was having trouble distinguishing the two of them. And the analyst uh, kept telling us uh, they were playing five in midfield, so I guess uh, neither of those guys uh, watched the Revs too much. But... Uh, I mean, getting a point on the road was, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, let's face it, it was, it was a nothing game. I mean, the Reds have been going through this intense schedule lately, and, uh, I mean, it was the same, about the same temperature in Dallas as well. And with the schedule they've had with these midweek games coming along with these road trips, you know, I think, uh, getting anything out of these games is a plus. So, uh, you know, I still tend to think that, uh, you know, we haven't seen the best of the yet yet. That's going to come later in the year.
3: Well, do you think D.C. United, uh, even with the loss last night, is out of reach now at this point?
0: Well, I mean, if this was uh, any other country, they'd be out of reach. But, uh, you know, we're talking the playoffs in America, so... Uh, I mean Well as far as Home field advantage Anything can happen So I mean That's why why It was a nothing game I mean These games We won't won't remember This game In come October You know
3: What do you think Of the play Of Steve Rawson this year Where um, He hasn't really Been the assist man But uh, More of A go to guy As far as Some goals
0: Well I think That his performance Last night Was super Especially because uh, He was back Where he wants to be Which is on the right side So I think You know uh, the fact that Joey Francino seems to get in the lineup whenever he's available, uh, that's uh, Steve's uh, choice. Uh, the best thing about that last night was uh, allowing Steve to get back over on the right You and know, move uh, Andy Dorman into the midfield, into the center. So uh, I thought Steve played well. And uh, the way those guys played in the final ten minutes, uh, I think they showed a lot. I mean, that's, they, they didn't want to lose to that team. There was plenty of chances at each end, but I think a draw was probably a fair result.
3: And with Clint Dempsey and some of the chances he had, uh, the way he's been playing recently with the U.S. and everything, uh, did you expect him to do better than uh, with some of those open headers he had?
0: Uh, Well, he had one excellent chance. I thought he could have got it on target maybe, but uh, I thought he played better last night than he has in the past couple of times I've seen him. and uh, Also... uh, Noonan, it was uh, much better last night. He looked much more comfortable. He contributed a lot more. So, uh, you know, I think Pat Noonan is starting to come back, and that's that's obviously a good sign for the Rebs because uh, we've been missing him.
3: And with Andy Dorman, who has been playing on the right muscle this year due to injuries and uh, for other reasons, uh, Mac in the middle. You talked about Steve Ross on the right. He certainly looked better on the right side, but uh, Andy Dorman in the middle almost looked like he was less effective than uh he has been on the right this year would would you agree with that
0: well he's uh you know he's not the same force in central midfield i don't think but uh i think he's probably a player who's probably more affected by the heat than anybody else in the squad too we haven't been raised in england you know i think that uh playing through the summer over here i mean just for me this past week just being outdoors and walking around was a chore so uh you know, I don't underestimate what it takes to train and play in the kind of conditions that we've had here. I mean, I, I don't know what, what the humidity was like in uh, Kansas City yesterday, but, I mean, you know, 89 degrees is, is tough, you know, just walking around. So playing soccer in 98 degrees is, uh, I mean, it's, they really shouldn't be doing it, I don't think. But, you know, the reality is they have to go out there and play. So, you know, going away from home, playing in 98 degrees and still being able to rally in the final 10 minutes. I think that uh, proves that this team, uh, you know, hasn't lost its fighting qualities.
3: And the upcoming game next weekend is against Chivas USA uh, in Los Angeles. Do you think the Revs can get a win out of this game, Chivas being a team that actually has the exact same record as the Rebs? Uh, certainly a much-improved team from last year. What do you expect from that game?
0: Well, let's see what the weather forecast is, but... Uh I thought that uh, last week we went down to uh, Houston and uh, tried to, you know, bring something to the game. We didn't just go there looking to get a tie, and, uh, you know, I think uh, the team prefers to win. I mean, obviously, the game is built on having a solid back line. Yeah, there was some uh, pretty uh, glaring errors on the back line. I mean, uh, there was the Charlie Joseph giveaway early, nearly resulting in a goal James Riley made a bad mistake in midfield. Let the guy, Wolf, I think it was, in one-on-one with Reese. And then Matt, uh, he didn't handle that corner very well, which almost led to a goal as well. Well, no, it actually did indirectly because uh, you know when the ball was headed out, it was popped back in, and then he, he couldn't hold it down. But uh, no, I think that the Reds are going to go places and try to win games. Whether they can win against Chivas next week, I don't know. Uh, Chivas seem to be much improved this year, and... Uh, you no, know, I think the big story is, uh, who's going to miss out on the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? Because now we've seen, uh, New York starting to pick up some points. Columbus may have turned the corner. And, uh, you know, with DC being so far ahead, it's going to be a pretty good battle to see, uh, which are the teams that are going to fail to make it. And, you know, at this point, we're by no means uh, guaranteed the squad in the playoffs.
3: And last night, uh, with the substitution of Taylor Twelman, I think that surprised some people, but uh, now it sounds like he might have been a reoccurrence of an injury that he uh, got against Celtic, but uh, Willie got the chance for Willie Sims to come on, and uh, he's been a player that we haven't seen much at all this season. Uh, he's done well with the reserves, and he's actually had some international experience with Guatemala. He looked like a very promising... Uh, some of his play looked very promising last night. And yeah. Is, is he a player that you think could emerge as really the Revs' best rookie this season, where... Uh, it, it almost seemed like the revs might not have a rookie to come out this year to be uh, one of the stars like we've seen in the past.
0: Well, I mean, to, to get uh, a chance of being the best rookie, he's got to get minutes. And, uh, you know, that's you might, you'll might probably get the start uh, this week in the Open Cup game, but uh, it's difficult to see him uh, getting many minutes uh, if we have uh, the front three fit and ready to go. So uh, I don't know. But uh, he did. He showed some nice touches last night. Almost got a goal, too. Our gentleman just went over the bar. He showed a little imagination. I mean, we can certainly use him as another striker. So, yeah, I hope he comes good. But too early to say. I just, uh, that's the only time I've really seen him in action. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of time left for uh, him to show what he can do. He'll probably start coming on, you know, the last 20 minutes, that type of thing, and, and you know, as the months go by.
3: Well, that brings question to the Rev substitution policy. It seems like, especially in a game like this, as you were saying, 98 degrees, so hot, uh, the Revs have three substitutions they could use. They only choose, chose to use one of them, especially now that there's um, some more depth on their bench and experienced players like Jeff Lurento, which who's gone down to the bench now. Were you we surprised to see them only use one substitution?
0: Yes, I was, and uh, last week was the same thing. I'm not sure uh, really what... Uh is going through Steve's mind as far as uh, the use of the subs. I haven't figured that out. Uh, you know, it's something I'd like to ask him about. But uh, I think he could have probably put Lorenzovic in for Dorman last night. You know, that would have been something I'd have done. Uh, I was also surprised to see. Uh, I thought Joey would start at left back. Uh, I was surprised to see them the way they uh, lined up. But um, I thought Riley did really well on the on the right side. I think James Riley's been excellent for sure.
3: Yeah, James Riley, especially in the recent games, has, to have, has had a great season. Um, I, the back line, uh, though it's been suspect at, at times, uh, individually, James Riley has had a great season. I think I agree.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, you know, there's been a few mistakes, but you know, overall, uh, well, actually, I just looked at the stats today. Uh, we've scored 26 and we've conceded 26, so I think that kind of sums up the first half of the Red season this year.
3: Yeah, definitely. The uh, team has had some struggles at both ends. Uh, it seemed like this, this 3-4-3 formation, it seemed like it was going real well at the start of the season when uh, that 4 nothing victory over Los Angeles. But other than that, uh, it hasn't worked real well. Are you a little bit surprised that they've stuck out with it this long when uh, they were so successful last year with the
0: 3-5-2? Well, I've heard Paul Barner and Steve Nickel defend it, and uh, I think... If we can get a good run with the system with the same players every week, you know, after that, it'll be time to decide whether or not it's been uh, a success. The problem is we've uh, rarely been able to feel the same starting 11 because of all the things that have happened this year. And hopefully, in the second half of the season, we'll have all our players available and we'll be able to start. Selecting the you know the first eleven every week instead of having to fill holes and move people around and you know pretty much what we've had to do for the first half. So uh, you know in any other league we'd probably be in trouble. As for, you know we wouldn't have any uh, real hopes of winning anything. But in the MLS, uh, you know it really starts in September. So you know I haven't given up on this team. They've got a lot of experience and they've got a lot of uh, qualities. I mean certainly they're not quitters. So I'm looking forward to finding out what happens.
3: Do you think Cono Smith coming back would be a help to the team?
0: Well, I don't think he's going to uh, be, uh, be a single answer, but uh, he, he, he scored some very important goals last year, and uh, he's been out for a long time. It's probably going to take him a while to play himself back into contention, but I mean, it, it can't hurt to get as many people back as we can, so uh, the sooner the better.
3: Well, I know you got to get going, but before I let you go, could you talk about uh, Soccer365.com and uh, where else people can find your writing?
0: Yeah, I've uh, contributed some to uh, Revenet this year, and uh, Revenet's good for me because I get sort of instant feedback, you know? So it's good to know everybody who's uh, writing anything wants to know that people are seeing it, and, uh, you know, 90 Minutes is a national magazine, it's out of california i'm not sure how many people actually uh contribute uh can, what's what's the word uh Subscribe. At that magazine regularly so uh you know but uh, 365 is where i started and i like writing for them and uh 365 is pretty good it's because they post things so quickly that you know it's, it doesn't get stale so uh you know i'm just working away i like to watch the revs i like to go up and uh, see what's happening up there and i'm going to keep doing what i'm doing
3: well, thanks a lot for joining us today.
0: All right, Sean. Always a pleasure. I'll see you at the next home game.
3: That was, thanks a lot. That was uh, Don Cuddy from Soccer365.com and also contributing to ResNet this year. Uh, we were talking about the Res game last night and also the upcoming games. Uh, before we had them on, we were talking about the Open Cup a little bit. Uh, with the Open Cup, how important do you think that is? Obviously, you, you talked about the Revs probably playing the reserves, but do you, do you think that is uh, maybe more important than the Revs take that?
2: Well, I do. I think that uh, I think it's a great opportunity to uh, to put some hardware on the shelf. Um, it, you know, it's one of those tournaments that that has a long history in the United States, and I think it's going to become uh, you know as important as the teams uh, are willing to make it. And when you've got teams going out there uh, throwing their reserves on the field, I think it speaks volumes about uh, about the importance of that tournament. If you had. You know every major league soccer team putting their first string out there uh, at every opportunity, then I think you'd see um, you know the the owner taking it more seriously and the fans taking it more seriously and it would be you know the the kind of uh, the kind of tournament that really brings some tradition to the country
3: and it should be with all the history it has uh, dating back to nineteen fourteen the oldest team sporting event in the country. Uh, it's a little disappointing to see that these teams don't take it more seriously and it would be great if it could maybe gain the prestige in this soccer world and the U- uh, U.S. that maybe the FA Cup has in England as far as within the soccer community
2: oh absolutely and uh, again you know it's another piece of hardware and uh, you know especially if you're in a position to uh, you know to put uh, a piece of hardware on the shelf and be able to say that you won something you know that that's that's got to be uh, an important thing to try to do we 've seen
3: the revs get close to that in the past in 2001 uh, where they really didn't have a great MLS season, they didn't make the playoffs but they did excellent in the Open Cup, made it all the way to the final and were unfortunate to lose that game I'd say uh, if not for a red card to Jay Heaps I think they probably could have won that game Uh, so it's a great opportunity as far as teams that are maybe struggling in the league to uh, get another chance at a trophy and with the Revs this year uh, and DC how well they're doing it may be their best chance at a trophy as well
2: Uh, absolutely and uh, i think you know sort of more importantly uh, i think as a matter of pride you you just you just can't go out on the field and let a a minor league team beat you up you have to go out there and at least be able to show that uh, that you can put quality on the field Uh, i I remember back a couple of weeks ago after the celtic uh, game and there was uh, an article i read about uh, you know how come the celtic fans don't become revolution fans and and the answer wasn't something I can repeat on the air, but, but the gist was that you know these, there's a perception that Major League Soccer isn't really a quality soccer product. And we, we could certainly spend another hour talking about whether that's true or not, but with the perception amongst diehard soccer fans is that Major League Soccer really isn't anything to, to get involved in. Um, and then you go out and, and the, the, the article on the paper on August 3rd, is if it says... Uh, you know, the New England Revolution got beat up by the mi- minor league team. Yeah, you know, that's just going to contribute to that uh, perception. And I think you really need to be able to uh, to convince those those soccer purists, the diehard soccer fans, uh, that uh, the New England Revolution are a quality side. And you certainly don't help yourself if you give up games to minor league teams.
3: And once again, we're speaking with Barry Sanders here, uh, Big Soccer com moderator. And I, I agree with you there, but it's also unfortunate that. Uh, even with the players uh, on Celtic uh, Their comments after the game Some of them talked about maybe going to MLS in the future uh, Their coach talked about several players That he would have liked to bring over there If they had the finances to afford them uh, They were really impressed by the league it seemed so, it, And even with DC United getting a 4-0 win over them uh, It shows that uh, those players are impressed by the league It's unfortunate that the fans Don't share that same enthusiasm after watching these games
2: it's, it's very unfortunate because, you know, as much as it's fun to watch, uh, you know, some of these top European teams, you're still sitting on your couch watching them at home or sitting, you know, with your buddies watching them on the TV. Uh, the New England Revolution are a tremendously uh, talented soccer team, and to be able to go to the stadium and watch a game live at that level is just, you know, it's an experience that, that I think everyone uh, owes it to themselves. If, if you're a soccer fan, you know, how often are you going to be able to watch Celtic? Live, you know, once every, you know, what, ten years when they show up at Gillette Stadium, or when you can afford uh, a ticket uh, to go to Europe and and watch them over there. So you may as well uh, check it out and and come and watch some New England Revolution games and uh, and begin to appreciate that you know it really is a, a quality team. And
3: you mentioned that uh, as far as the Open Cup and unfortunate to see the teams maybe not performing their best in the results there, but. T- losing to a team like Rochester, that has had so much success against MLS clubs, they're almost a the team that would be capable of playing in MLS. Maybe they w- even would be if they're an expansion team. So uh, it's certainly not shameful if the Revs do go out there and play not their best team and lose to them. But uh, I think uh, everyone is hoping that they will take this game more seriously than they, they have in the past and put out the starters and. Uh, I think they they're definitely capable of beating Rochester, but it will be a hard game no matter what because Rochester is playing at home with a brand new stadium. They've always been a g- competitive team, so uh, the Open Cup is going to be a tough game for the Revs uh, this fourth round game.
2: Yeah, it is going to be a tough game. Rochester is a quality team. They're one of the I think the one of one of the I, I don't follow that 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 division, but uh, you know I understand that they're one of the you know, quality sides down there and uh, it'd be great if uh, New England could get in there and, and get a win over a, over a good team uh, and advance to the next round. Uh, it just, I don't think that it's uh, it's something that has been a priority for not just this club, but, but other Major League Soccer teams, and I think compounding that, uh, that the Revolution have played so many games recently, and they've got to have some guys who would probably just rather... Uh, you know take a day off and and get rested and, and heal up a couple of injuries you would said something about twelman coming off yesterday because of an injury and not you know for something else does it make s- and that's the other question you know does it make sense to put twelman back out there uh for uh for a u.s open cup match and risk having him you know come to our next game uh, next weekend you know not at 100 percent. and that's you know that's a coaching decision i, I suppose uh, and uh I just uh, I would like to see them be able to, to to take this game and advance and 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 have a shot at, at winning the US Open Cup. I would love for the league uh, as a whole to take it more seriously. I'd love to see it promoted more. I'd love to have, you know, somebody other than you and I and and uh, you know, and the diehards around here know anything about it, but it is what it is right now and, and that's what we're going to get.
3: And you had mentioned uh, possible upsets, uh, and they obviously look bad for the fans of the bigger teams. But that's the great thing about these cups is that they do happen. And you know, like one of the stories this year is Dallas Roma, uh, the amateur team from the amateur team that actually beat Miami FC, which is a team that features players like Romario. These are players that have won the World Cup going against an amateur team. Of course, it should be noted that some of these players on this team had played professionally at some point in their career, but not at the levels of these other players. And uh, They also beat TOS USA in the last round, and now they get to go face Los Angeles Galaxy. So that's another one of the great things about the U.S. Open Cup is on any given day, one of these teams can create a great upset like they've been doing
2: whenever you have a single elimination tournament uh, it's just it's ripe for these kinds of things and it's it's probably why we don't see uh, you know major league baseball having a world series with only one game uh, because everybody can have a bad day and everybody can have a great day and if you get a team out there that's that's hungry to, to prove something uh, like one of these uh, amateur teams or one of the lower division teams who really want to come up and and show everyone that, that they're still quality players, or that they're they have a future. Uh, you just you, you have to sit at the edge of your seat and, and wait to see what happens. And and a lot of these games are like that. And I th- I think that's
3: what you mentioned as well. The players looking for, uh, you know, the opportunity to maybe prove to MLS that maybe they even belong in the league. I talked to Scott Vallo for uh, to write a game preview about this, uh, Rez Rhino's game, and he talked about. Uh, a lot of the players either played in MLS or want to play in MLS, so that's extra motivation for these teams. And the Roma FC team from Dallas, they they were talking about how some of them had played in MLS, and they think that they deserve another look maybe at MLS with these results they've proven they've been getting. Been getting. So it gives them extra motivation over the MLS teams, and uh, it makes for some great, really exciting games.
2: Oh, definitely. Whenever you've got somebody, a little David and Goliath match going. When you've got, you know, one team really feels like they they have something to prove. They want to show everybody how 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 much of a quality side they are. That they really can play well. That they can keep up with the big boys. Uh, and then, especially if you've got, uh, you know, the big boys coming in and they're maybe a little more complacent about the game. Uh, that's that's just that's an upset waiting to happen, and, and if you're in front of your home fans and and you're the little guy winning the game, you know everybody's going to go home happy that night.
3: Yeah, certainly, uh, that's why I think it's unfortunate that the Open Cup doesn't get more attention because it's really a great opportunity to see uh, some of these games, especially with the the Revs playing their home games when they have them in Ludlow. It gives uh, fans in Western Mass a chance to see it right at home, but they really don't advertise these games much at all. Uh, unless you're, as you mentioned, a diehard fan, or you're going onto the Reds website and you know searching through it to find it, uh, you're not going to know that these Open Cup games are taking place. So that's the unfortunate thing about it.
2: Yeah, that's the life of a soccer fan in the United States, though. You know, we don't we don't pick up the newspaper every day and get four or five articles about about the revolution and the other local teams. Uh, you know, you can't just turn on uh, ESPN any time of day and see the, the sports show with, with highlights. You don't turn on your 6 o'clock news and find New England Revolution uh, highlights. Uh, it's our life. You know, we, we have to dig around for information. Uh, we have to be uh, sports detectives when we want to find out what's going on with our teams, especially, you know, if you're not lucky to live right in the same community. If you're a fan from... Uh, you know, where well you can't just go to the stadium. They're not your local team, and it really requires a lot of effort.
3: Well, that's another thing about the Revs. Uh, people th- sometimes complain about not marketing enough, but at the same time, uh, you have to be happy that the Revs are the only team that have every single one of their games broadcast, and I've done that for uh, the past ten years. That's a great thing that they do, and I believe they pay for the time to have that happen, so, y- you know, you can complain about the marketing, but at the same time, this is a team that goes out for the fans as far as putting all the games on TV. Yeah,
2: we're so lucky to have that, too, because uh, you're right. Not every team uh, does that. And I think, actually, the New England's probably the only team in the league who, who makes sure that every one of their games is, is televised. And I, I think that's so important for the fans to be able to watch their team, whether they're playing at home or they're playing on the other side of the country.
3: And speaking of that, uh, as far as the U.S. Open Cup, they will be doing a audio webcast, no television. But that's another great thing that they do as well. And as far as that, uh, to to get to that, U.S.OpenCup.com is a great site. They have links to every single team that is having a webcast, and uh, only two teams aren't having aren't confirmed to have a webcast as far as this game, as far as this fourth round. So uh, that's another great thing that the Revs do as far as you know getting the games out so that the people who want to hear them and want to see them can
2: yeah you could there's there's been a lot of debate about about uh the crafts and uh and what they do and don't do uh to promote the new england revolution but you know this is an area that you just can't fault them for they absolutely have have come up big and making sure that that uh, fans right. can follow the team yeah that's for sure
3: uh and as we were talking about the Open Cup, uh, if the Revs were to advance against Rochester, they would face a tough matchup in the next round against either Kansas City or Chicago, and they might even have a home game should Kansas City beat Chicago. So, uh, extra motivation to possibly get a home game in the next round too.
2: Well that'd be great! I think uh, you know if we can get another match out in Ludlow. I know that uh, it's a bit of a drive, but uh, you know I, I went uh, last year uh, out to Ludlow. I've got some friends out there. It was a you know it was a great day and. Uh, you know, had the result been a little different, it would have been a perfect day.
3: And now joining us over the phone, we have uh, Revolution fan David Jellup. Dave, can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. How's it going today?
3: Good. Thanks a lot for joining us today.
1: Not a problem. Well, uh, some interesting times coming up with uh, the Open Cup match this uh, coming week, and uh, then a couple more games down the road, so we're seeing a lot of games in a short amount of time. and. It's going to really test the uh, team with the amount of, uh, especially with the amount of substitutes Steve Nickel has used so far this year.
3: Do you think that's uh, going to help the team a lot now that um, with some of these injuries that now the players are coming back, but the players that they're taking out of the lineup now have experience and now it would be helpful for the team in the long run as far as uh, maybe using some rotation to get some players rest.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, a lot of what I what I'm worried about up ahead is that. Um, a lot of our guys have played 90 minutes every game. So what we're what we're risking is that when we get into the later part of the year, that some of these guys, the Twillmans and all that, who have played every day, the just the, the tank's going to be on e when we get to the end of the year. So a lot a lot of what they're going to have to do in the next few weeks is try to give some guys a break, let them recharge for the second t- half of the year and the playoffs because, I mean, in in MLS everything is clean once you get to the playoffs and anything can happen but we need to have everybody ready for when that happens
3: Well, we were talking about that earlier uh, as far as the substitutions especially now that people are getting back healthy and now they have actually some depth on the bench that is experienced in MLS and, you know, you're not bringing on somebody who's never played before where uh, earlier in the season that was an excuse not to use subs Uh, is there really any Real reason that you can think of Why the revs would not be using uh, More substitutions in these games Especially when it's 98 degrees out And uh, Uh, players are obviously uh, fatigued
1: Oh man, I I tell you what um, If if you're not going to use More than one sub on a 98 degree night Where your guys are Starting a four game In two week period When are you going to use them? I mean, it's baffling to a lot of the fans um, Especially uh, That We have we have we have the depth. We have the players who have the experience now. But are we going? Is the starting eleven out there? You know, win, lose or draw. Is that what's going to happen? Is are we going to have uh, the same players out there till they drop, basically?
2: And this—that's the lesson uh, that we should have learned from last year. I think Uh, you know we walked into the. to MLS Cup with uh, you know half the roster uh, coming in perhaps shuttled in by ambulance. I mean, poor Shari Joseph could barely speak or walk after the game. And I think it just uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think we've got to look at the season as a whole and, and manage players a lot better and make sure that you know we're not coming into MLS Cup uh, you know with 11 guys who who, who are going to need to to be on painkillers just to get on the field.
1: And you can definitely see a lot of that right now with Chalry Joseph. He He's not 100%. He hasn't been 100% all year. And I remember hearing in the preseason game that he basically couldn't walk for a month after after MLS Cup last year because they had asked him so much out of him. And he had so many uh, aches and pains that it, it just, his just body just shut down on him. And I, I, it just, it, we, the fact is... It, it was almost going to be a benefit if Shawlrey got another yellow, because he was on caution warning, meaning if he got another yellow card, he had to sit out a game. I, I think he needs a couple weeks off. I think Twelman needs a couple weeks off. He, he's not doing much of anything. But uh, I tell you what, we we just do not have full-time depth. We have an, we have emergency depth. We don't have regular depth right now. We have somebody, a lot of players who can play in emergencies, yet we don't do anything to uh, give the starting 11 a break to uh, keep them from overheating because we played an extended over-the-World Cup schedule, a lot of games in a short amount of time, and we're doing it again. And it's just, uh, it's just mind-boggling that we're going to get into the playoffs and the guys are going to need IVs just to be able to walk out on the field.
3: Well, now with, uh, with as I mentioned earlier, the, the experience on the bench because of the injuries earlier in the season coming back, uh, a guy like Jeff uh Would it be bad For the Revs To put him out And maybe give Shawi a break And as far as When Shawi gets suspended Is it uh, Obviously it's a drop off In talent from Joseph to Luntuis, But Durantewich Was having a great season So I, I think he's Certainly MLS quality From what we've seen This year uh, Would it be that bad Should Shari take The s- suspension For him to go out Because it seems like Shawi Joseph is, is not playing uh, The style he likes to play Because he's afraid Of getting that Last yellow card
1: And, and I definitely Agree with you there um, if I was Stevie Nickel, I, I definitely uh, look into a shuttle system. Where, especially, uh, and it, it really stinks that uh, this Open Cup is coming up when it is, because now you're not, you can't put in uh, Taylor Twelman, you can't put in Charlie Joseph, you can't put in Clint Dempsey for the Open Cup, because we have so many other games coming up. It'd be, you know, it'd almost be criminal to make them. Do this. I mean, you just—they just played a game in 98 degree heat in Kansas City, and now you're asking them three, four days later to come back and play a full game. It's going to be a reserve team with the cut with the uh, with the normal starters like Joey Franchino. What we definitely need is to get a you know get Noonan, Ralston, Cono, Smith. You know our our midfield right now. Uh, it's hitting it up to the forwards and hoping they do something to break a game open instead of the fluid game. We need somebody who can make a full run on one side of the field to go with Clint Dempsey on the other side, basically. And hopefully, when Cono Smith is ready, he can do that. But uh, it's this this Wednesday. I'm I'm crossing my fingers because right now in the Rev's 10-year history, uh, we've come close three times to hardware, but every. It's not as important as MLS Cup, but it is big. It, I mean, and I'm, I'm tired of the trophy uh, trophy rack being empty here. I want I want to see some hardware for the Revs. Is that too much to ask at this point?
3: Well, that comes down to, I believe, what Don Cuddy said earlier, where uh, at the end of the year, you're not going to remember this game against Kansas City. Uh, but as far as the Open Cup, if the team were to win that, that's something certainly you would remember. And, and that's why it's kind of comes down to the question what's more important these uh, league matches when it seems uh, obvious that the Rebs are not going to be able to catch DC and their best chance lies in the playoffs or or taking their chances in the Open Cup and going at uh, another chance for a trophy where really they only need to play uh, win four games to uh, win this trophy it's not that much of an added burden to the schedule when you think about it over the entire season
1: yeah, and especially when you consider that not all four of those games are against MLS quality opposition. Nothing against Rochester; they're just not an MLS level side. But they'll be putting out their starting eleven come this week. Will the revs? I don't think so. And I, you know, it, 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 I know a lot of the uh, revs fans are actually driving down for the uh, game, all the way to Rochester, which is uh, you know a sign of support. And I'm hoping that the Revs will be worthy of that support if you know what I'm saying
3: yeah absolutely uh, certainly in the games in, in Ludlow where against the Chicago Fire you saw the team uh, Chicago play all their starters Chicago being the most successful MLS team uh, in the US Open Cup and certainly they showed it why then but the Revs didn't play, played some starters certainly but they also played a lot of the bench players and then at halftime with the game in the balance at 1-1 they subbed out some of their best players Twelman and Shari Joseph so uh Especially a game like that where now you're in Western Master You're tracking some fans that, uh, to see some MLS competition where it normally isn't Maybe they go to that game, they see uh, a good game by the Revs, And they want to come out to Foxborough for some more games But uh, yeah, when the Revs blow I, it off I and don't play agree. good soccer
1: I I know we won't see Twelman He, he picked up a knock against uh, Kansas City Which was the reason for the substitution, Stevie said um, So you can just take him off the name of the available list for Wednesday I don't think they're going to risk him in the Open Cup um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Willie Sims get uh, a run out as a forward because he showed uh, something a lot of the Revs didn't yesterday, and that was energy and going forward. He, he, uh, Twelman hung back, which was necessary, but Sims actually pressed the attack, which was really good to see from the Revs. um and you, uh, a lot of what I have to see so far is, um, we're we're content to be a defensive a counterattack team, and we have a lot of offensive atta- uh, ability. And right now we're not we're not showing it, but maybe that's another thing to deal with the fatigue level that the revs are at, where they can't put it on, put the thrott- throttle down, and put the pedal to the metal for ninety minutes because they just don't have that much in their gas tank.
3: Well, as you mentioned earlier, as far as uh, rotation, it seems like there are some other teams in the league that. Uh, have been able to do that a lot more successfully than the Rebs. Uh I believe Los Angeles last year uh, were a team especially that a lot of times have rotated out players and that showed when they were certainly healthy for MLS Cup, maybe they didn't have the best regular season, but uh, as far as priorities it seems like Steve Nichols is the MLS Cup, so that's another question with why don't they maybe uh, take some of these um, regular season games and play some of the uh, other players, get them some more experience, even some of the players that are experienced get them more time that maybe they deserve. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, the players can't be more rested as far as going into the most important games.
1: Well, I mean, uh, if there was ever a time to rest, folks, last night was the time. Uh, we, had a, we were going into Kansas City in a very hot, very humid environment where it just sucks the uh, energy right out of you. And we're facing a team that up till last night had lost their last seven in a row. If there was any time to rest players, you think that would be the time?
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I, I really think uh, one of the problems is uh, the the draft was uh, this year was not um, nothing ha- nothing good came out of the draft that we were expecting a lot out of, and now we're asking the same group as of last year to do it all over again, and maybe that's a bit much to ask, but uh, we're still in second place in the uh, conference and. You know, the only time that it, it, we can always hope that DC goes down in the playoffs, but I, I remember the last time we took DC in the playoffs at, at RFK Stadium, it was one of the greatest games in MLS history and that we stretched them to limits. So it's, it's not, not curtains for the revs, but it's certainly a yellow flag here that so much, so much is happening and so much went wrong, but we're still in second place. so there's a lot to look forward to at, at this point of the year.
3: I think that's something it, as well, where with the Revs, you see them play D.C. United earlier in the season. Uh, the Revs, I thought, outplayed D.C. United. were a little unfortunate not to get a win from that game. Uh, but that's another uh, that's another story altogether as far as Revs outplaying opponents but not finishing their chances. Uh, but I think there are a team that is capable of beating D.C. United when they're playing at their best.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, if the Revs are playing at their best, they are one of the best teams in MLS. And can be anybody on any given night. And 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 MLS right now, yeah, you, you have like six or eight teams that can, if they play their best, they can kick, kick anybody's butt. There's a bunch of teams where, even if they play their best, if the opposing team plays their game, they're not going to win. And up to last night, I thought Kansas City was one of them. Unfortunately, for the first 80 minutes, basically uh, the Revs slept, slept, walked excuse me, uh, through the first 80 minutes, and then all of a sudden. They tried to turn it on, and I'm not going to say that they stole a point, but they were very lucky to get that with the last kick of the game from Stevie Ralston.
2: But that's and and that's what we've seen from the Revolution twice now, and we talked about this a little earlier as well. That that you know a team like Real Salt Lake, a team like Kansas City, that you kind of go in thinking, well, you know, this should be a win. This uh, this shouldn't be a a difficult game. These are teams that that are just uh, limping along, and we should be able to take them out, and then they don't. They don't step up when uh, when the opposition seems to be a little on the weak side.
1: The Reds are definitely a team that plays to their opponent's level. You put, you put a team like, well, a couple weeks ago, Celtic came in, and I'm, I'm not saying the Scottish Premier League is that much better than the MLS, but they, one of the top teams constantly in European competition, year in and year out, came to Foxborough Stadium, and we outplayed them for a great period of time. And then... You get you get a team like Kansas City or Real Salt Lake, and we'll play to their level. I mean, we're a good team against the good teams, and a bad team against the bad teams. That's me. That's a mid level team right now.
3: Certainly, I agree with that. It seems like that's been something that has plagued the rest throughout the history. Where there's the games that uh, going into it, everyone thinks, "Oh, this is going to be an easy win; should definitely win it." And it never is. It always comes out to be uh, a struggle if they do win, or you know, even a game that they can lose. So. That's something that has been kind of surprising from the
1: Revs. Yeah, and it's going to be a—it's a, going to be very interesting to see what they do come this week in the Open Cup against Rochester, where we have a team that's not in MLS. But a win over us will make their season. Basically, they—they they, the lower level teams love to get the MLS scalp uh, in the Open Cup, and we, we've seen Dallas Roma FC uh, pull off a couple upsets in the U.S. Open Cup and. That's what everybody knows them for. So if Rochester, Rochester's going to be gunning for us, and the Revs better be ready. It's a, it's going to be a fun game to listen
3: to. It should be noted that Rochester are the only Division One USL Division One team that uh, actually has a winning record against MLS competition. So certainly won't be an easy game. Uh, Rochester's even won the Open Cup before, and while well, MLS Cup teams are while well, MLS teams are participating in it, and they've also made it to the final another time. So they're certainly no easy opponent to face.
1: Right, and so um, the Rebs, you know, it depends on who they put out there and the amount of effort they put in. Uh, how much you, you go all out for this game and how much you hold back, knowing that you have Chivas and uh, Kansas City again in the next week or two. It's going to be a very interesting game. Very t- uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what Steve Nichol does with that.
3: And what do you expect from the game against Chivas, where uh, they're going up against a team that actually has the same record as the Revs, and it's kind of had the same sort of season? Certainly, last year Chivas were uh, a poor team, but they also caused the Revs some problems despite that. And uh, this year they've been doing a lot better. So, what do you expect out of that game?
1: I that game is going to be very interesting because Chivas plays a very open style game of a lot of fluid passing. Um, and that's the type of team that the Revs do not do well at. They they love to have players run at you because they can shut you down. The open the open style, you, they wait till they get an opening and then they're going to pounce on it. So, uh, we do not match up with, well with Chivas, but I think they're going to get at least a point on this one.
3: All right. Well, I'd like to we're running out of time here. So, uh, thanks a lot for joining us today.
1: Not a problem. Anytime.
3: That was uh, David Jellop. <laughs> that was David Yellop, uh Revolution fan, and uh, we've got about. Three minutes left here, but uh, we'll go over the upcoming schedule. The Wednesday, August 2nd, the Open Cup game against Rochester. Everyone's discussing at 7.30, and no television coverage, but you can hear a webcast at revolutionsoccer.net. Um, for all of these uh, Open Cup games, you can get uh, links to webcasts at usopencup.com, which is a really great resource, resource for the Open Cup. And then on Sunday, actually, it's a 7 o'clock game. Uh, which we haven't mentioned that the day before is the All-Star game. So it's unfortunately that some of the revs that have made the All-Star roster will not get to play.
2: Yeah, I, I don't understand how that uh, how that all happens. I know there was some scheduling difficulties, but you know if you're going to have an All-Star game, then everybody uh, in the league should be uh, should be available to play in it. Uh, if if there was a problem with uh, with scheduling it, then uh, I think some of the other games should have been rescheduled as well. I mean, there's, there's really uh, you know, if we're we're going up against a quality side in the All Star Game, and I think you know, we want to show that Major League Soccer has got uh, has got some quality players, and uh, certainly the New England Revolution do as well. And they've got uh, a bunch of guys who are who are who could carry the All Star Game and, and 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 take it to them.
3: And a uh, uh, thing with that is, it seems like that this is the whole reason the Revs game hasn't been changed is because of a doubleheader with. Uh, a Barcelona game after the Chivas game. Uh, is this just something to boost the attendance of Chivas, or would it have been that hard to separate the games and uh, you know keep the Barcelona game? Because obviously Barcelona w- was not going to change their schedule, but uh, would it have been that hard for them to separate the two games and make it so these players could play in the All-Star game? Uh,
2: it's all about the money.
3: <laughs> well, uh, as we mentioned, the Chivas game is on Sunday, I believe at 7 o'clock p.m., so uh, a busy schedule for the Revs coming up, and then they have a game... Uh, The next home game, I believe, is August 9th, and I believe that's that Wednesday, or that Friday. So uh, they have a very busy game schedule coming up. Uh, We've seen them maybe struggle when that has happened in the past, but uh, they are getting players back from injury, and maybe, just maybe, we'll see them start using more substitutions and more of their depth.
2: And maybe, just maybe, we'll see them use that allocation.
3: That would be something to see as well. Uh, We've heard the Revs talk about having two players that they were considering signing. Uh, Soccer New England reported that, but nothing came of that. So, uh, unfortunately, the Revs seem like, unless they do something soon, they're going to have to end the season with the roster they began with. Well, maybe even less because they uh, did release their first round draft pick, which uh, in the past years we've seen the Revs make great use of this year. Um, A pick that many people disagreed with. Uh, A player who missed his whole last season injured. uh, missed this whole season injured so they released him. so it's unfortunate that they wasted that pick and uh, but in the past I guess they can be forgiven because of how well they've done in the past but uh, we just hope the Revs can uh, get healthy in time for the playoffs and be you know fit and, and that is if they do make the playoffs because the East is so close right now
2: uh, they certainly have the potential to do that we've got guys coming back who are, uh, who are, who are coming off their injury and hopefully they'll be able to get in the, in the lineup and, and and boost the team, and they can make a run in this uh, last portion of the season, and arrive in the playoffs. Uh, you know, certainly in, in better physical shape than they did last year.
3: Well, wrap things up now. I'd like to thank Barry for joining us today. Um, and the show can be heard every Sunday from seven to eight p.m. But we will be off next weekend because of Sunday's game against Chivas. That is at the same time, so I don't think we'd have many listeners if that happened. Many listeners, if that happened, but uh, we will be back the next weekend, and you can hear archives at revolutionrecap.com, uh, and be sure to check out usopencup.com for the latest news on uh, that and the Revs game there. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us over th- for David Yelup for joining us over the phone, and I'd like to thank Don Cuddy for joining us over the phone today.
0: You are listening to 1320 WARL Attleboro Providence.